turn my Bibles to the book of Psalms. Go to Psalm 3. Let's go ahead and stand. There's eight verses. We're going to read them. Psalm 3. I like when some Psalms, before they get to the portion of Scripture, they tell you exactly um, what it's about when David wrote this. David wrote this. If you look under, right underneath Psalm 3, it says this. It says, the Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Now look at what it says here. It says in verse number 1, Lord, how are they increased that troubled me? Exclamation point. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help from him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid, me, I laid me down and slept and awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. Notice the S on that word. That have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheek bone. Thou hast break, broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. It says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. It's interesting, with, with this story with David, this is no longer his problem with Saul. Saul's off the scene and Absalom's coming up. And the, the problem with that is that's his own son. And not only was it his own son, that he persuaded thousands of men to take his side. Wow, that's a, that's a difficult situation. You know, what do you do? What, is, what does David do? There's a reason why God says in the New Testament, David was a man after God's own heart. Because he doesn't think like we do. And if you notice what it says under, the, under verse number 3, it says while he was fleeing, he was fleeing Absalom. He understood that this, this, this country was not his. It was God's and God was going to do what he wanted to with it. But yet you have Absalom doing this and going on against his own father. And so here we have a situation that David's got to do something, and he's got to figure out what his job is. You know, I hear, I hear people, I've heard people say, well, they're from our church, or that, that, they're my people. They're not, you're not my people, you're God's people. You know, that's, that's the wrong perspective. We've got to look and see what God has for us, but as you're looking at this, what's our job? Everybody like that word job? I bet if we were to take a survey of those rioters that are out in America, I don't think they know what a job is. Or maybe that's their job, I guess. But you know, as a Christian, we have a job. When we read this portion of Scripture, did you see what your job was? What are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to react? How does God want us to react? And how, what's God's job? If you keep going, what's our job and what is God's job? You say, well, what does that mean? Well, what's God's job? God does about five things in this portion of Scripture for David when he's going through something. I've been thinking a lot about Maxine today, and I thought, man, here she is. She's in a hospital bed, and she can't do anything. It's only what God can do. And she's got, you've got to watch your attitude. You, I mean, there's things that I guess we can do, but, but we've got to just point it to God and say, God, what are you going to do through this whole thing? Um, we have our list, but also God has his list. So I want you to see this. Have you ever made this statement? But all is, all is good. 
You ever said that? You know, there are some people that like the, the staying at home. You know, I think it'd drive my wife crazy if she had to stay home all the time with me. Amen? You ever been there? Some of you men are scared to death to say that. Mike Brown, I guess, isn't because he's laughing back there. But, you know, you, you look at this and you say, man, everything's good. What happens in your life? Look at the first couple verses. Let's look at this one more time. In verse number one, it says this. It says, Lord, how are they increased that troubled me? Now, David's looking at his whole situation. He says, listen, he goes, I, th- not everything's good right now. How am I going to handle this situation? You know, it, it's amazing to me how sometimes we can get something told to us and it really just diffuses your whole world. Um, I was told today, I, I, I still don't know what time my surgery is on Friday, and I want to know. And, and so this lady called me and she was telling me about my, my post-surgery meeting with my doctor. So I was like, I'm going to see, Tamara, if I can get her to tell me when this surgery is. So I said, well, can you, I went through the whole thing. I was real kind to her, and I said, can you tell me, since you're telling me I have a post-surgery thing, can you tell me when my surgery is? And you could almost see that she had switched to the script. Well, what I can tell you is that they'll call you on Thursday after 2 p.m. I was like, that's not what I wanted to know, you know. Hey, I can tell you that. Tell me something I don't know. And then she proceeded to tell me how much my surgery was going to cost. I was like, whoa. And you know, you can almost feel like your emotions are going up and down. And I want to say this to you. Although I don't have insurance, I have Christian Healthcare Ministries, the same thing Daniel Bishop has. I called them and shared with them how much it was going to cost. I said, how much, how much percentage do I have to get? She said, if you turn in the right paper, it'll cover 100%. I was like, you can bet your bottom dollar I'm going to turn in the right paper. You know, sometimes, you know, you get discouraged when you hear it. And and when she told me how much it was going to cost, I I was like, well, how much is the discount? She said, that's with the discount. And then she proceeded to tell me that it was over six figures for my surgery, and that's not including my doctor. You ever feel like your your, your emotions go up and down? And all it took was for me to call that the Christian health care, and what I like about Christian healthcare is other Christians paying for each other's bills. And so she proceeded to tell me, oh, it'll be okay. And then, then you know what I like? When you, when you call your insurance person, I guarantee you don't have this. She prayed with me before we got off the phone. And I was like, wow. You know, some of you know that I have an Airbnb at my house. We got out of the Airbnb business. We canceled it for just a while and... And I want to tell you, it's a very liberal organization. You don't know it, but if you, if you do some research on it, it is. And I got on the phone. I started sharing some things with her. I said, listen, I've got this surgery coming up. I can't do this anymore. I want to make sure that you understand it. And she said, you know, I'm not supposed to say anything about God, but I, can I pray with you? She was probably the only Christian in that whole organization. She sent me a letter today, she sent, and she said, now, I'm not supposed to say this. And I thought to myself, you know, when I first got on this phone, you know what they said? This conversation will be taped. She sent me a text today and asked me how I was doing. You know, you feel like sometimes you're going up and you say, everything is good. But you know what happens in your life? You ever felt like this? 
Uh-oh, it's not good anymore. Just everything is. Then when all the, all the dust is settled, this is what it looks like. You ever been there? You ever felt like you just, everything's falling apart? I've been thinking about Maxine with this. This is not what she signed up for. But it's what God intended for her to go through. So we can sit there and we can, why are we doing this? What's, why is this happening? I think of missionaries that are going out. Why can't they go? I, I had one missionary, it's a crown, he's a crown graduate, said he was going to leave. And then he called me back and said, listen, I'm not going to be able to leave for another seven or eight months. And we don't know what harm's way is. It's not what they planned. It's not what Maxine planned. It's not what I planned. But, you know, not everything is always good. I'd like to think it would be. But when you look at David's life, we've done this before. If I ask you what, what things went wrong in David's life, the list is long. You know, we say, well, he was a king. Would you want that? Okay, I can answer this really quick. How many of you would like to take the scrutiny that Donald Trump takes? How many of you would like just one email sent out, let alone everybody doing it? See, we say, oh, it's a prestigious job. He was the president of the United States, or he's a king of, of, a, of, a, of a country. It's a hard job. It's a difficult job, and not everybody likes you. And so you're going to offend people, and here he's got on there, and, and everything's not good in David's life. He's running from his own son. You know, imagine the conversation he would probably like to have. But I like reading, when you read the actual story of what David says during that time before he actually leaves and, and get, goes on the run with this thing. It's amazing what, David, what David's insight was. In the midst of a storm, he was hurt, but he still had some issues that he had to deal with. Let's, just, let's look at this. Your job during, you know what's going to happen in your life? Problems. Anybody have any problems? No? Okay. I'm just going to share you what really happens in real life, okay? Sitting there and I was like, okay, i got to get some stuff done before I go into surgery. i got to have my truck running. Alan, we put on two alternators on that thing. I figured out that I'm probably the one that shortened the first one out. And he was sitting there going, I can't believe I did that. And then he realized, hey, wait a second, you're the one that did that. And so we get that replaced and we can't, it's not an easy replacement. We go to one where we bought it, they don't have any, they send me to another one. They try to check it. Their machine doesn't even work if it che to check it. So we get this thing from all the way up by um, Stone Drive. We have to drive it all the way back. We don't even know if it works. And it works. So then I'm driving my car, and all of a sudden I think, oh, my word, i got to put some gas in. i got to get ready for Ann. i got to change the oil. I look down, and there's a, there's a nail in my tire. You know, life is not always easy. You're going to have some problems. You know, I, I look, and how many of you have a garden? To have a garden, what do you have to do? You have to put work into it. Oh, we love the tomatoes, don't we? 
What does it take to make those tomatoes? It takes some work. And you know what? Sometimes there's problems. Last year I planted all my stuff. I had it all going. I thought, I'm going to go out and I'm going to pick all my corn tomorrow. I'm going to get all the rest of my, my tomatoes up. And I go out. And that, they're, they're looking good. I was like, man, Ann, this is going to be a great day. So I go out that next morning. A deer had gotten in that night before and ate everything. Even my tomato plants. You know, you're going to have some problems. Guess what else you're going to have? Difficulties. I'm not a deer hunter, but I became one that day. I don't know what I'd do if a deer came up, but I would, I would really want to talk to that deer. And you know what those deers do at my, deer, you know what my, the deer do at my house? They eat the apples from my neighbors and jump my fence where my dogs are and drop the apples so that I know they're there. They eat my tomato plants, my everything. You know, I don't even, and my neighbor, I've got this neighbor, I love him to death. He's right beside me, he's like, I'm telling you they're going to eat all your food. And I was like, no, they're not, no, they're not. And I remember the day before. I was like, I'm going to go pick all my stuff. I told him that. He said, well, bring some to me. i got to be honest with you, Phyllis, I tried to ignore him for about three or four weeks after that was all said and done. And he, he finally, it, it, you know who he is, he said, preacher, get over here. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. He goes, you never brought me any food. I said, those deer ate. I told you so. We're all going to have some difficulties. We're going to have some problems. Guess what else comes? There's going to be changes in your life. What happens? Changes health-wise. And some of you young people in here, I think of the missionaries, they're young. Right? Johnny, you're young. But it's going to get where you're going to do what I do when I drop two things. I kick them together so I only have to bend over one time. Because there's changes in your life. How many of you have ever done that? Be honest with me. Okay. What are you doing at Benjamin? You're so... What? No. <laughs> well, I wouldn't admit that. All right, here we go. So changes in your life. So you have problems, you have difficulties, you have changes. You have discouragement. Now watch. Do you know what discourages you? I know it discourages me. It might be just a word said or, a, or something sp spoken to me or maybe even a text that someone gives me. If I know what discourages me, do you not think Satan knows what discourages you? Now picture this. When this psalm was written, David is being chased by his own son, wanting to kill him, to take over the country. Now how do you think God's going to bless a man that's going to do that? To show you David's attitude, what happens to Absalom? What happens? Anybody? He dies. You would think, as a father, you would say, I'm glad he got what he got. But not David. David wasn't that kind of person. He wept over it. He, he had lost now more than one son. He had lost a best friend. He knew that there were going to be problems in his life, difficulties, changes, and discouragement that was going to come along the way. But you know what David always did? He always rose above it. But I can guarantee you, he's a man, man just like anybody in here. He had to deal with it. It wasn't like he said, oh, bring it on. Bring some patience in my life. I don't want patience. I want to know when my surgery is. We look at this and we go, oh, 
Your job during all these problems, what uh, problems or difficulties, changes, discouragement, what is it? David is in the midst of a storm. He's running. He doesn't know how it's going to end. Listen to what he says. Let's keep going. In verse number one, it says, Lord, they have, they are, they, Lord, how are they increased that troubled me? Many are they that rise up against thee. Man, there's so many people that are rising up against him. So he doesn't know what to do. So here comes the problem. Your job when problems come is number one. You know, it doesn't hurt to do this. Man, you're not going to like this next word. You know what you can do? You can cry. It's a healing process. You say, well, did David do that? He was a man after God's own heart. And remember what they said about David. He didn't kill his thousands. He killed his tens of thousands. But look what it says. Let's keep reading verse number two. It says, many... There be which, which say of my soul, there is no help from him in God, Selah. Now, now it's a, now it's a um, spiritual battle right here. He's saying, listen, they're saying that God can't even help you. Your son's coming, God can't help you. What are you going to do? And so you look at this, and, and, and the first one, it says that he cried. Keep reading verse number three. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord. You know, when you cry unto the Lord, it's basically saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. But I know I can do it if you're helping me, God. Can you imagine trying to just even weigh out this, this situation? I can't even comprehend how he must have felt about his son. He knew who his son was, and it wasn't like a shock away, but it was still his son. I can't imagine how he felt. I know he wept over it. But you know what? He knew the direction he needed to cry to. Look at the verse. Verse number four. It says in verse number four, it says, But uh, I cried unto the Lord. He had a reason and a purpose for this through his problems. He didn't try to figure it out. He said, listen, I'm just going to cry unto the Lord. And, and keep reading. It says, With my voice. You know what I like about this? The number, first thing he did with his problems, he cried. He understood who he needed to talk to. The second thing he did is he laid down. You say, why is that so important? How many of you like to lay down when you've got something on your mind? I don't. How many of you sleep well when you've got a problem? Look at verse number five. It says in verse number five, it says, I, lay, I, I laid me down and slept. You know what we need in our lives sometimes? Through problems, we need rest. God knows that. How many of you ever had the opportunity to stay up all night? Have you ever done that? That's wonderful. You feel wonderful. We had this great idea, and everybody's probably tried. Now, now, I will tell you this. The bishops like to do this. They like to travel all night while their children sleep. How many of you did that when, they, when your children were younger? All right. Did you like it? Because I want to tell you something, when I did it, I felt terrible for two days. And our kids didn't get the memo. They weren't the greatest travelers. Remember when we did that, Ann? We looked at each other and said, never again. You know, hey, I'll put them to bed in the morning with a little Benadryl. They'll go to sleep, amen. Now, I don't think it affected them. But, you know, you, you look at it and you go, he laid down. He knew he had to get some rest. Look what it says. Keep reading. 
the next one's in here, and this is what you got to do when problems come. He awoke. Did the problems change when he woke up? No, they were still there. Keep reading in verse number four, or verse number five. Um, it says this. He says, I laid me down and slept and awaked, for the Lord sustained me. Isn't it interesting, Johnny, that he talks to the Lord at the very, at verse number um, four, and then in verse number um, four, and then in verse number five, he lays down, and the first thing he does is he says, listen, God sustained me through this. It's a rough situation he's going through. But he understood where his strength was. There's probably numerous times, David, when he was a shepherd, that he stayed up all night to watch his, watch his flock. He cared about them. But he also cared about his country. He cared about the people that were there. He cared about his son that was turn, turncoat on him. He says, I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me, heard me out of his holy hill. Selah, I laid me down and slept and awake, for the Lord sustained me. I want to say this. He never f fell under the burden that he had. How many of you ever heard this statement? God will only give you what you can handle. Don't you sometimes want to go, I don't want any more. I just don't want any more. You know? I went to the doctors yesterday or on Tuesday and I asked a lot of questions. I didn't really know if I wanted to know the answer to these questions. And... and the doctor, and my doctor's name is Ponder, and I think he ponders everything before he talks to you, and he was telling me the answers, and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. But as, as, I, as I look, I, I see that he wakes up, and he's sustained through God himself. This other one is the one that probably everybody can relate to. Go to verse number six. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. If I said to you, listen, I'm going to, and I've used this illustration before, but if I said to you, listen, Ray, I've got some tickets to New York City. I want you to go tomorrow. You can go and do whatever you want. I'll give you $5,000 to spend. Would you go? I wouldn't go. I'd be scared to death to go to New York City. What if I said, Randy, I want you and Holly, I want you to have a good time in Seattle, and I'm going to pay for you to get there. Holly would go, yeah, I can go there. Randy would go, you can go by yourself. The Bible says that I will not be afraid. We're either going to trust God or we're not. Through the problems, we're going to trust God or not. And I say that I have surgery on Friday. I'm either going to trust God or I'm not. Am I worried? Yeah, I'm going to be worried, but I could, you're still going to sit there and go, I'm going to trust the doctor. You know, I won't even meet my doctor, my surgeon, before I even go in. I'll, I'll be hopefully out. You know, I'm going to bring a mallet in with me and say, if your stuff doesn't work, just hit me over the head with this thing. You know, you, you look at you go, I will not be afraid. David had thousands of people going after him. Just let's, let me ask you one question. How many of you have ever had ten people that wanted to kill you. Don't raise your hand, please don't. I, I'm not talking about in wartime, okay? I know Ray is sitting there going, yeah, I had a lot of them back then. Um, but excluding Ray, I, you know, I'm going to pick on somebody that I, I think is probably one of the sweetest people. I'm going to pick on Phyllis. She's sitting up front, so I'm going to pick on her. But I can't think of anybody disliking her. You know, she's just very likable. I look over at Cecil. He's very likable. 
I, I, I look over at, at Jeremy Cowden, and, he, and he's here. Um, but, you know, we're all likable. But can you, can, you, can you in your mind think of ten people that want to kill you? David said he had thousands that wanted to kill him. The problem, right, with this whole thing is they were his own people most with, in this situation. He didn't know who he, could, who he could trust. He didn't know what was going to be said. But he says in verse number 6 in this portion of Scripture, and I don't think he lied about it, he said, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. They were trying to get him on all sides. And they not only wanted to get him, they wanted to kill him, they wanted Absalom to come in and save the day. And I want to say this to you, if Absalom would have got in, it would have been a terrible situation. So this is our list. It's all right to cry. Get, lay down and get some rest and don't be afraid. God knows what you're going through. You know what God's situation is with him? God's job with your problems. He has a list in this too. He has five. And I want you to see these. The first one is this. He will shield me. Isn't it great to have a shield bearer? I always like to play a game called Bombardment. They call it Prisoner's Base. And it's a dodgeball type game i used to play with teenagers on wednesday night we have about 100 teenagers and we play and you know what their job was to hit me with the ball as hard as they could you know what my job was to catch what they were throwing and hit them back with the balls they were throwing at me i hate to say this but i was pretty competitive was i not in i was probably more sweaty than everybody when it got done and i would sit there and i thought you know what i'm gonna try to hide behind some i love those kids that were just big kids just stand in front of me it's gonna be okay and you know what? If they got out, it was okay because I was still in. When God shields you, what does he do? He protects you from things that are coming your direction. Look at what it says. Verse number three. Here's God's job. Verse number three says this. It says, but thou, O Lord, art a what? Shield. Then he says, for me, it's a personal shield. My glory and the lifter of, up of mine head he says, listen, you are my shield, and that's God's job for you. That's how he can sleep at night, and he can wake in the morning, and he'll be refreshed, and he sustains himself in there. That's why he cries to him. Because the king, at this point, can't do anything. That's far beyond what his means are. The only one that can handle this is God, and God handled it. And even through all this, David was still saddened by the loss of his son. But he says, he's your shield. He will save me. Go to verse number 7. It says, Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God. You know what I like about that verse? It's not like God is sleeping. But it sure sounds like it in this verse. Arise, God. Wake up. That's, that's not the issue. He's saying, listen, Lord, get up and, and, and be my shield, but save me through this process. I wonder what David thought. At the time, what he meant when he said, shield me, shield me and save me. Hmm. The next thing, one of God's um, jobs is the third one. It says, smite them. Now, we all like this verse. <laughs> hey, smite them. Get them. You ever done that? I would love to do that with my dogs, but if I said get them, they'd be looking for food that you have, and then they'd lick you to death. 
My dogs are not ferocious dogs. Goldens will not attack you. They might, they might lick you to death, but as you, as you look at it, I, wouldn't you love to have an animal that you say, go, go, go get them. Look at verse number seven. It says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheek bone. Now look at this. It says, it says for thou hast smitten all mine enemies. God will take care of you, but he's going to do it on his terms. Sometimes we want God to do things on our terms. Anybody like that? Anybody ever make that prayer? Lord, you can do this, and I'll do this. Have you ever watched the hur- when a hurricane comes in, they interview somebody that's all of a sudden a Christian? Lord, get me out of this. I promise you I'll read my Bible every day. You ever heard somebody say, oh, I'll pray every day. I'll give a tithe to the church. That's not how God works. The Bible says, listen, and, and David was close enough to God that he could ask for this. He says in verse number 7, he says, Lord, I want you to save me, O God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies. That's what God's job is. That's why it says what? Turn the other cheek. That's why it says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Do we glory when our enemies are, are getting hurt? Sometimes we do. It's not what God wants us to do. Let him fight your battles. Is that easy to do? <laughs> Don't you try to fight your own battles. Right? You know, I figured out, my wife told me this, and we were kind of thinking about this, and that, that I'm the best driver in the world because I think I am. And I just think everybody else is terrible. Cecil, you ever feel that way? Just go, what are people doing? Cecil and I are very similar when it comes to driving. He's a little bit more aggressive than I am, but, you know, as you look, you know what we want? We want people to drive like us. Aren't you thankful they don't? I was sitting at a red light, the red light up here, and I don't know what this lady was thinking, but it, it was still red, and there's eight signs that say, do not turn on red. I'm right behind her, and I'm like, she just turns on red. What I'm not telling you is there's a police officer sitting right beside her. I'm like, no! <laughs> sure enough, he hits his lights and goes after her and pulls her over. I thought, he, Peter, I think he thought it was funny. But I don't know if it was funny to her, but I don't know if she saw the sign, saw, did not see the sign. But you know what? I sure would have saw the police officer beside me, and I sure wouldn't have ran a red light with the police officer sitting beside me. But she took that red light, and he pulled her over, and he was chewing on her by the time I got up there. Just, and I saw him doing this, and she's. You know, in our life, sometimes we want God to take our enemies out. But watch this. Sometimes God wants your enemies to see Christ in you. That will change them into what they need to be. See, we can't expect the world to act like us. Absalom didn't understand David. And Absalom was never going to be a David with what he did. Absalom was all about himself. Have you read the story about what he looked like and everybody thought he was gorgeous and all this other stuff? And one of the things that happens to him is what? He gets hung by his own hair. It's not our job to smite. It's God's. David had that right. The fourth one is this, break them. 
You say, well, that doesn't sound like what God should do. And then God can do it anyway, but look in verse number 7. It says, Arise, O Lord, save me, my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Listen, God keeps an accurate record. He knows what he's doing. We watch some of these videos that are going on in the United States right now. It seems like a third world country. That's God preparing for something. I'm just thankful that we live in the city that we live in. You know, we look at these missionaries that are traveling around. They have to watch where they travel. When Brother Galvin left, left here, what did he do? He was going up to Minnesota, and he had to go a different direction because of what was going on. We've got to understand that God, it's God's job to break them. And the last one is this, and I like this last one. Salvation is for us. Look at verse number 8. It says, Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. You know, God, this is one of God's jobs for us is, is, is to save us, and salvation is upon us. It says, Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. That's the only place you're going to find salvation. He starts out crying unto the Lord, but he ends up saying salvation is unto the Lord. Now, I want to say this to you when I, when I was thinking about this. Remember, this is David's problem, right? Go to verse number 1, and look at this. It says, the, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. This is a personal problem that David had, but watch how it ends. Watch when you go through things, you have problems and difficulties, people are watching you, your job is to do what God wants you to do, and God's job is to do His jobs that He has. He doesn't need you. He wants to use you, but He can get the job done. But watch, David had the right spirit, and watch how this ends. The first one is, hey, it's all about David. When he fled from Absalom, his son, Lord, how are they that increase that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. At the very end, watch how it ends. I'm going to start reading. I want you to answer. I want you to say the next word. So salvation in verse number 8. Belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. So it started out as a problem that David had. And it ended up a blessing to all the people around him. And when he refers to thy people, who's he referring to? The nation. Aren't we, don't we serve a great God? He sure does love us. Problems are going to come. Difficulties, change. Love the Lord through it. Try to figure out what God's trying to teach you. And don't fight the system. We so much want to get out of our problems. How many of you, when you have a financial burden, what do you do? What are we going to do? We're going to go back, as as Dave Ramsey would say, we're going to eat rice and beans, beans and rice. Sometimes God's just trying to get our attention. Hey, look up here. I'm up here. It's okay. God, folks, listen. God is still in control. If God was in control when Absalom was going after his, his daddy and his daddy didn't lose it, you know what? We don't have to lose it. And I want to say this. I'll end it with this. It doesn't matter what happens in November. The only thing that's going to happen that I like in November is hopefully those political ads will stop. And, you know, as I look at it, I don't really care if sports come back. Amen? And I'm a sports fanatic. God's still in control. Folks, listen to me. God's in control. With Maxine, God's in control. He knows what she needs every step of the way. 
She's got a church that prays for her. She's got a, she's got a mom and, 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 a, and a sister that love her dearly. And she's got a church that we need to raise her name up. Because she's going through the fight right now. She needs to know it. Lord, I thank you for your word. I think of you being a shield for me, Lord. I, I thank you for that. So often we don't know what to expect. It's right around the corner. Lord, you sure do know what's going on, and you could shield us from those problems. I think of the Gerbitzes as they're looking at what God has for them. They don't know what's around the, what's around the corner. They don't know what's going to happen in England. They don't know what's going to happen in the United States. But like, Lord, guide them. Keep them safe as they travel. The many hours that they'll be on the road, the many times that they won't have their privacy, Lord, just be with them. And Lord, I think of this situation in our lives when we go through problems. Understand this, Lord, that we need to see you do a work through us. And what seems to be a personal problem in our life can be a blessing to many if we just handle it right. Thank God for a man after your own heart. I'm not there and I don't think I'll ever be. But Lord, thank you for the example of David. Thank you for the example of when he went through all these things many times over. I thank you that he never threw the javelin. Saul could never be a David. And thank God David was never Saul. May we see the things that we go through make us into who we are. May we be uplifted and may we May we uplift those around us. I think so much of even the bishops, how they've been such a blessing to our church. You see their spirit. See little Grayson breathing on his own right now. Lord, what a blessing it is to see how you work in ways sometimes we don't understand. Now, be with Maxine tonight. Touch her body. Give the doctors the answers that they need. Lord, whatever your will, let it be done. But may it never be said that we didn't lift her name. That we didn't pray for her. That we weren't concerned. Sometimes our life is too busy. Lord, guide us and make us be the prayer warriors that we need to be. May we cry unto you. Lord, I thank you for that shield. And I definitely thank you for that salvation. Be with us as we look through our prayer list tonight that we'll see that we need to pray over these people. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for everything you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.